Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everybody, this is uh, Turk182. This is Akomi, and I'm getting real sick and tired of my ex-wife complaining about me taking the kids to see Human Centipede. Wait, what do you mean taking them to see it? I went to see it in like a dollar theater. What dollar theater is showing Human Centipede? I mean, just dollar theater, man. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I just were trying to figure out like where you live. Where it's like that must be like the worst dollar theater in the world. Like <laughs> we have nothing else to show you. We could get the rights to anything except for human centipede. <laughs> but I mean, Dude, that's... just improv. Just yes, and me. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I mean, I, I was gonna say, I think it's a good way to show people about the human anatomy. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, because here's the thing: I love Star Trek. I love Star Trek. I love the Star Trek universe. I love the whole concept of, you know, them leaving me in a... It's not a utopia. I think Star Trek is not a utopia. Even though Earth yeah. things aren't great, but the whole thing is we move forward as a society, as a planet, as a race, right, by by trying to work to make ourselves as, you know, as a society race, you know, as a planet, to move ourselves forward, to move ourselves forward in the universe. Mm-hmm. But in the universe, there are things out there that cause us strife. So it's not perfect. It's not a utopia. Mm-hmm. And those people that live on the starships, they tell you, like, life on a starship is not fun. You spend, you know, years out in space oh, yeah. with just the people that are trapped in this little microcosm of a city. And you're never really able to connect with anyone mm-hmm. except for other people there. And I mean, imagine, imagine if you, if you lived in, like, you had worked in a building. Um, just say, like, a big, like, a... Yeah, major company. Let's say you work for like a Schmoogle, okay? okay. <laughs> and and you work in this like ten story tall building, you know, the executives are on the upper floor and you got this and that. And you try to date somebody. And then and and you also live there too. So you work there and you live there. You start dating somebody and then you guys broke up. But you still have to see them almost on a regular basis because you guys never leave the building. You live yep. there, you do everything there. It's a big right. reason why I don't do office romances. Right, so... And you know what? With a holodeck, you really don't need. <laughs> that is true. So, I mean, that that's, that's kind of tough. But, you know, but being out there, going to different worlds and that kind of stuff, and meeting this thing and that, it's great. But also, you never... Every once in a while, you go to, like, the, um... The, like, a, like a Starbase. Mm-hmm. But it's not that often. So you don't pick up supplies. So what are you eating in the replicators? Because replicators make you any kind of food you want. I'm just assuming that it's just like some kind of protein-based thing that gives you the nutrients you need, right? It's soylent. It's reconstituted waste. Oh, great. Yeah. So the waste that you have is broken down and then reconstituted and then molecularly turned into the food that you eat. Oh, great. So this brings it back around to human centipede. Exactly. So I was just giving them used to the idea of like, oh, hey, if you ever want to live in this pseudo-utopia Star Trek world, you got to understand that like, you know, you know, they say like, what you eat don't make me shit. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's good. And then you also like, it it also tells you the thing about not every doctor should be trusted, which we talked about in one thing is like, oh, because I'm a doctor, be like, oh, you're a doctor. No, not every doctor should be trusted. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So, I'm not the asshole here. No, your wife is the asshole. Okay. My ex-wife. Ex-wife. Well, I mean, well, yeah, ex-wife. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys weren't technically married, you know, common law marriage and all that sort of stuff. I mean, well, yeah. you, people wouldn't even consider you married if it was where you guys had kids. Yeah. Well, That's really the thing. It was like, you're like, oh, well, you know, you were technically married because now you have children together. And, hey. 
But yeah. Yeah. And you know, the best part is I only have to pay child support on like three of them. So. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, yeah, she was, she was nothing anyway. She was horrible. I, I knew I didn't like, like her the moment they, when we were at, uh, I think it was like your two year kind of like little anniversary party. And I hit on her and she turned me down. I was like, man, fuck this bitch. I told her to be receptive to you. God. It was a reception. I, bitch. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. So anyway, well, what are we what are we talking about today? Uh, you said you had one for me. I do have one for you. Okay. Okay. So today, I want to ask you, what would be your dream job? My dream job. Now I know what your dream job would be because we talked about it. We're we're kind of working towards our dream job, but that's yeah. a dream job within like right now. Like, this would be my dream job. It's what I always want to do. But let's say we removed. All restrictions. Anything that mm. would stop you from being, like, living like you're... So, let's say, like, if your dream job would be to be an astronaut. But you mm-hmm. never could, like, you know, you didn't have enough money, you didn't have the training, whatever. But now, none of that, all that's off the table. You could have your dream job. What if your dream job was to be, like, a deep-sea explorer, hmm. but, you know, like, oh, I'm afraid of water, right? Yeah. Um, and... And it's like, but but now that's that's not a concern anymore. Hmm. Or you know, I've got like a, a moral obligation of this, right? You, that's not really an issue anymore. Yeah. What would be your dream job? I I think really primarily like it's what I'm already going for, but even more so, like you know, right now, our you know my big thing is I want to be a comic artist. But I think you know, dream job. If I had no restrictions on the table, I would want to be like a franchise guy i would want to be like directly competing with like disney and fox in that you know you know here's you know here's all these different like shows and movies and like you know toy series and comic series and all that i would just i would want to become a franchise guy and just you know just build an entire massive world that would be my first thought really i think so yeah okay so I mean, did nothing else. Nothing else you were thinking. You're like, okay, what else would I could have possibly well, want to do? I mean, I'm I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I mean, just like I've I've been fixated on the comic art thing for so long because like that's what I wanted to do since I was like, you know, five. Um, there was a window of time where I wanted to uh, wanted to be a detective. Really? Yeah. This is something I'd never heard before. Uh, well, you know, I've like I've so quickly like moved out of the realm of like you know, out of you know being. In order to be a detective, you have to go in with the police force, and it, in order to be part of the police force, you have to be an authoritarian. And I'm very much an anarchist, so it just it fell by the wayside. The more I learned about myself as like what what are my political stances on things. So, there's that. But, you know, I, I think, like, in a perfect world, if, like, all cards were off the table, I, I've always, like, found the idea of exploring crime scenes, finding clues, interrogating people, all that is actually really, really fascinating. And if it's, like, a private detective thing, then it's not like you're actually, you know, doing the cop thing. Right. I mean, you can be a PI without having to do the, um, without having to, uh, go through the, um, uh, the whole police force thing, right? Um, I think the only you can get reason a PI that you, license without yeah, yeah, you can get the license. I think the whole thing, like going in through the police forces, that that's what gets you your clients and like a reputation. But see, you could start at one, and then you could hire a, you know, a, a ex cop or whatever to help get you to bring that in. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's. I don't think it's a goal that I couldn't actually achieve now. Honestly, if I started working towards it right now, then totally. Right, but you're not. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you know, it's really just not a priority and, you know, I wouldn't be able to stay in this area because uh, there's not really that kind of a demand for a private detective in, in this area. Right. So, yeah, but no, I mean, it's, it's always interested me. It's always fascinated me. Um, so that was, that was definitely a thing when I was younger. Uh, see, but, I can see that. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like even even as a very young kid, I was always like really into like Dick Tracy and you know just like the whole hard boiled like you know, yes, yeah, you know, person walks in my office and they've you know they've got somebody close to him who's killed and I got to figure out who did it. I just I always thought that was like super interesting. Like even when I was really young, I was like into reading like Agatha Christie novels and all that. And of course, grew up on the Hardy Boys, so. Yeah, I think that, like, you know, if it were perfect world, I could achieve anything and, like, becoming the next Walt Disney were off the table, then, um, yeah, that would probably be it. That's kind of cool. Now, for me, that's going to sound really bad, but, um... <laughs> you want to be a professional hitman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did we already had this conversation? No, I was just, I was just spitballing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. God damn, I know you too well. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you, you really do. It's so sad. <laughs> yes. If, um, if, 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 if that was it, there was nothing holding me back. I had no conscience. So, you know, that, yeah, I would um be a professional hitman. I've thought about that before. You know, but I think... I don't. I wouldn't want to be a corporate hitman. I mean, like a a, a government hitman. I think I want to oh, be more on. of a more of a corporate hitman. You know. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You get make you get more money that way. No, I like that. I like the idea of like, of, you know, because um, like I think it's it's more it's quieter. Like as a, as a as a government hitman, you don't get to you don't get to be the kind of like not not that I need to be dashing and debonair that kind of stuff, but. For a government hitman, they expect you to be like a little grimy. You you're more mercenary than hitman. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't want to be. That. I don't want to be the Blackwater kind of guy. I want to be the guy that you we know, don't like what the president's been saying. So just <laughs> just shoot him here real quick and right. I want to be the guy that you know he just lives a normal life and stuff, and you know, people don't really think he's very unassuming. And then you know you got oh I got to go into the office today. You know <laughs> I work remote, so I go into the city, and I'm like yep we um. This guy here's giving us some trouble, and we need it to look like a heart attack, or we just need him to, you know, to <laughs> shut up or whatever. And then I and come on the scene, I'm like, oh, it seems like the victim was shot seven times, and a banana peel was placed next to his head. Seems like, a, seems like actually he must have been eating bananas and slipped into hell. And... <laughs> Maybe he had an Uzi in his pocket and just touched it off. Yeah, extended clips, man. Sometimes those things, you know... I can see the spring in the clip was uh, was a little too sharp, so it pushed the bullets out and made the gun go off. And... But yeah, that, that that would be it, man. Just uh, and it, I wouldn't be working all the time, but I, you know, like I said get I get all those perks, and and the thing is, I wouldn't have to necessarily worry about the about my company turning against me, right? Like yeah. the government would, because they, I don't really know anything. They're like, okay, take care of this guy. And I'm gonna say, oh, my company told me to do it. Like, yeah. That's not really like, even a concern. It's just yeah, you're like, not here to ask questions. Right, and I get all the perks of being the company man, and they know I'm a company man. You know, that's... <laughs> and, that. uh, of, of course, we discussed this off-camera, but it's worth bringing up on-camera, or on recording, I guess, on mic. Um, you know, if you go onto the deep web and look for assassins, they always have the same rule, you know? 
um, the same set of rules, which is nobody under eighteen and no women. I don't agree with that. I don't think <laughs> I don't think women should get a pass. There's some there's some evil women about there. There's hell. There's a the ID channel and like like Lifetime have like a whole thing about like <laughs> you know evil women, killer mm-hmm. women, psycho women, right? So they're just as bad as men. What I've noticed about like all the prison shows that I've watched, when they interview the women, they're just like, yeah, no, I fucking stabbed him six times. Yeah, do it again. <laughs> Sorry, no. And then, like, you get the guys on there, and it's like, yeah, man, drugs fucked up my life. I just want to get out of here and see my kids one more time, man. I just want to turn my life around. Like, yeah, no, fuck that guy. Yeah. I stabbed him. It was funny. You should have seen the look on his face. <laughs> you know, with the funny part of this, he's like, what are you going to do with that knife? Stab me? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be my last words. <laughs> and you should have seen the look on his face when I did. You know what he had the nerve to do? He had the nerve to say... You fucking stabbed me. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said. Oh. I had a I had a, a separate tombstone made that his family refused to use that actually said, you know, here lies John, died this day, and in quotes, you fucking stabbed me. <laughs> but they didn't say that. They didn't think that was right. Accurate, but not right. And I'm sorry. I think it's, I, I think it's really kind of sexist if you say that that female... That female killers can only be killed by female assassins. That's sexist. Yeah. You know? That's not that's not that's not the world we fought for. No, uh, totally. you know, no. You know, that's that's not what uh you know what the uh what what's that word? Um suffragette was all about. It's not. Right, right. And so and then and if you're gonna go that route then you can say, Oh, well those psychotic bastards under the age of eighteen can only be killed by other <laughs> Little psychotic bastards. Because right, right. I mean, because what? If you, if you train a kid, oh, we we always like the like the little Frankie Muniz. I'm a I'm a spy for the government. But really, what you are is just getting that PTSD set in real deep, real young. So by the time you're 20, you're burnt out. That's why he had the strokes. Right. So, uh, so I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, uh, uh, just to be real here for a minute, right? Let's take a look at like a uh, Corey Haim, right? Mm-hmm. Something traumatic happens to you at a young age. Fucks up your life forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, if you're going to teach me how to be a killer at age 13, yeah, by 21, I'm Macaulay Culkin. Right. By 28, I'm Shia LaBeouf. By 29, ooh, I don't even want to know what that looks like. You know? So, yeah. I'm just saying. So, that that I'm, I'm taking that burden on. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. that burden on for them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just like, you know, Billy didn't do his homework. I'm not going to show up there with a silencer in the middle of the night. You know? <laughs> but uh, but I'm just saying, if, you know, if Billy's got a history of killing cats in his backyard with piano wire, then, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think Prozac's going to help. But, you know, in certain situations, I feel like there's other corrective methods that could work for little Billy killing cats. What, just breaking his fingers? Like, killing his parents. Well, that's just going to make him an orphan. You know what happens when you make him an orphan? He's gonna he become becomes a fucking superhero. That's right. <laughs> but he's gonna become the bad superhero. Oh, you're saying Batman's a bad superhero now? No, but Batman wasn't killing cats to my knowledge before Stanley <laughs> died. <laughs> now, if no, it, he was paying the neighbor kids to kill cats for him. Now, if it turns out that Alfred's like, I never told anyone this, but Master Dick, when he was a boy, he used to strangle bats. He, <laughs> He's not afraid of them. He likes killing them. When his parents died, he's like, he I will become... in their blood, Master Dick. I will become the thing I love to kill. <laughs> so, I'm just saying this because I know you took on the name Robin. 
<laughs> there were other Supermen before Cal Al came to this planet. <laughs> I love the idea of him just strangling a bat. <laughs> strangling a bat and bathing in its blood. Bruce, come on in, son. We're going to see the movies. <laughs> Yay! So, so yeah. It's... <laughs> Okay. You're just like, you know, little Billy wakes up in the orphanage late at night, and you're just like there at the foot of his bed, and he's like, who are you? He's like, I'm the one who killed your parents. No! He's like, yeah, you better stop crying, or Grandpa and Grandpa get it next. <laughs> Toughen up, you little bitch. Wait, wait. So, if Mom and Dad are dead, then I become sole inheritor. And then if you kill my grandparents, then their fortune would go to Mom and Dad, but instead it'll go to me. Do what you will. <laughs> He knows too much. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's the thing. With little kid psychopaths, right? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a cut. I like to do bad things. <laughs> yeah, I like to smoke with cigarettes. <laughs> like, it's fun to do bad things. I like to do bad things with my friends. <laughs> yeah, I'll assassinate him. <laughs> okay. See? <laughs> See? See, I have the right idea sometimes. I mean, it's, I, I didn't say in every situation. I'm saying in certain situations, it would be better to just traumatize him. Yeah. yeah. Again, going back to the whole Corey Haim, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, apparently, Shia LaBeouf told Playboy in an interview that he's not very well endowed. Why you would tell Playboy magazine this is beyond me. But... Oh, it's easy. I mean, if, if I had money like Shia LaBeouf, I wouldn't care. I guess. I still got money. Okay, Anna Nicole Smith, old man, can't even get it up, right? Yeah. But I love him. Yeah, you love me. <laughs> yeah, she loves me because, you know, because when she looks at me and I'm all wrinkled and old, all she sees is Ben Franklin because he's all wrinkled and old too. <laughs> That's why I call him Benji, my little Benji. <laughs> and it's like, oh, she's got a nickname. Yeah, short for Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all about my Benji. <laughs> and you tell him, so he so, so, so puts it together like, hey. So, you know what? I think another dream job I could I could go for would uh, be actor. An actor? Yeah. Hmm. I would I would like to be involved in some really good movies. Yeah, see, I'd, I'd love to be able to get millions of dollars for not doing anything. <laughs> Fuck off. I mean, like, I'm actually interested. Oh, well, in well, the... well, thank you for, for defending actors instead of your goddamn friend that you do a podcast with. <laughs> Well, it's like I'm. I'm just like I'm interested in the craft of acting. I think that like the craft of acting. Yeah. It's a craft now. Yeah, the craft of acting. I mean, like you, you get into it's some. Like, it's a science. <laughs> you get to some of like those like serious like method actors and stuff. I mean, it gets to be some pretty interesting stuff. I used to be in the theater. I was on stage. I captivated performances. I held the audience in the palm of my hand. I wish I did Shakespeare. Now I recite Sedaris. <laughs> I, I would totally be in an Andy Sedaris movie. Yeah. Once. After I was already established and couldn't possibly, like, butcher my career. I would be in an Andy Sedaris movie just because. I, I can only imagine what being on set would be like. Oh, God, just, yeah. They'd just be crazy. Someone get a clothes off! <laughs> no, just... just I, I just can't imagine that it would... It would just be a wild film set, just in general, just be like, what? It would be crazy. 
Because, you know, like, almost every movie, there's, like, rewrites, like, going on, like, on the set. They're, like, oh, right. rewrites. I, I, like, so, knowing what the end product is, I can only imagine what the what the script started out as. Oh, God, yeah. And what the rewrites were like. So, then, like, I would, I would want to be able to appease my desire to act in two separate ways. I would want to be with, like, these amazing directors, like Tarantino, uh-huh. like Kubrick, you know, Perfect World, people on that level. But at the same time, it's like, to be in a Neil Breen movie, to be in a Tommy Wiseau movie, to be in an Andy Sedaris movie, that would be the shit. Well, that would you be. you know. What's that? Yes, that would be. Because you know that would be so much more fun than being on set with Tarantino. Because, like, Tarantino's an incredible director, but it's because he's a perfectionist and he gets a stick up his ass about things. And meanwhile, you have Tommy Wiseau going, maybe in this scene Johnny is vampire. Right. <laughs> and car fly off roof. <laughs> like... All right, so uh, we're about to do this scene right here. I changed that. Now I want to show my ass. That's what's <laughs> going to bring the people in. How are we going to sell this movie if I don't show my ass? I, I, actually, would, I would love that. I just imagine an Andy Sedaris movie. They're like, okay, they got this really big thing here. It's like, um, yeah, we had a problem. The, the effects for this, they couldn't get the, the, the animatronic to work right. And then I know for us a CGI is going to cost an additional like $20,000. And it's like... We'll just do like a like a five minute love scene with lots of with lots of nudity and and, and we'll just advance the plot that way. Yeah. I can only imagine that's also what a script rewrite is like. Whenever they come up with a complication, we'll just toss another like another nude scene. I think that's why Malibu Express had so many oh, yeah. boob shots, and it was just like we we the, the budget like ran ran high, and we just couldn't afford it. Or it was like, oh, I, I don't know. This scene doesn't make sense now. Just toss him some nudity and give it a voiceover. They're yeah, like, after I had sex with her, she let me borrow a car from the lot. And I was able to drive back to the mansion to find out what's going on. Like, that makes no sense at all. Like, you know, that phone conversation really didn't work. It didn't advance the plot at all. I was like, well, you know what? Hey, Linda, could you just, like, take your top off while you're talking on the phone? Perfect. Perfect. Now, no one will, no one will miss the, the, the gaping plot hole, Bill. Sure. It's like, okay, does anybody give a shit that this conversation didn't advance the plot? No, didn't think so. <laughs> but no, I I, um, I think an actor would be a really... I would love to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. I, I would really like that. I think that the you hear all these stories about people that... Like, this is my first time being on, you know, being in a movie or being on thing or whatever. Never had any acting experience. And you think that that's kind of like almost... Not like a norm, but it's almost like a regular thing. Like, you know, there's some people that have never been anything before. Mm-hmm. And then you look at some people that you've never seen before. You look back and like, oh, they went to like this school for like acting, whatever. Alan Tudyk went to Juilliard. Yeah. And not not to say that he's that, you know, well, I go into... That's a Juilliard acting. I'm just saying like, you look at it and you like like... He went to Juilliard. It's like, okay... Yeah, this is not something... This is a commitment. It's a job. It's a commitment, just like anything else. That's... That's, uh... That's... That's pretty... That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, yep. So, that would definitely be one. <laughs> um... Let's see. What else? You know, if there were... If, like... There were no restrictions... I could kind of see, like... Being a getaway driver... That would be a lot of fun. And yes, I say that only because of Baby Driver. But I mean, think about that. It would be it would be a lot of fun. My only problem would be, and I know so we say no restrictions or whatever, but as a getaway driver, obviously I'm not the cold-hearted person to actually go in there and rob the whatever it is. Right. Because that, that means I might have to kill somebody or shoot someone or whatever. So I just want to be the getaway driver. 
But when you're on the road, though, you may be doing some dangerous things that would get somebody you know, possibly killed. Yeah. And that would be, that was, that's the part that would be like, oh, yeah, I'm driving really fast. I'm looting the cops and stuff. But some of my actions may cause car accidents with other people. That's true. But that, that would be my qualm. I don't know. I, I, I would have more of a beef with somebody like uh, Soldier Boy deciding to just get involved. It's like he caused way more collateral damage than any of Doc's heists. Mm. And it was all just because he wanted you to buy his shitty little, like, PlayStation game. <laughs> Nintendo? <laughs> oh, shit, it's Soldier Boy! <laughs> drive, baby, drive! <laughs> Nintendo? <laughs> Y'all want this soldier console? Oh, I'm gonna take care of this motherfucker. Did you bump my arm, baby? <laughs> Where are we at right now? Uh, we are like at uh, 25 minutes. We should do an ad break. We should do an ad break. And uh, so. Brought, yeah. brought to you by Soldier Console. That's right. <laughs> Podcast? Podcast? <laughs> Anchor, Anchor FM. <laughs> oh. So, so we're back. Hey, everybody. Something else that I, I would like to do, and it's something I could do right now if I really took the time and dedicated myself. But there would be something I would have to like. I couldn't do it now because. It would take it would take a long time if I did just part time. I had to like really just kind of jump right into it, and then I I don't have the income to support myself. But I'd love to be a trial lawyer. Hmm. I want to try a case so bad. That would be pretty cool. I really do. I really want to try a case. Do you want to be prosecutor or defense? I don't care. <laughs> I would. I would probably want to be a prosecutor because I don't like. I mean, so okay. There, there are pros and cons. A prosecutor, I think. As a prosecutor, my job is to convict this person. Mm-hmm. But also, if I don't believe that the person is guilty, yeah, I still have to try to prosecute. I can't. I can't be like, well, I'm not going to try as hard because I really don't think that they're guilty. I still have to try to convict them. And that part sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I know there's times when you're like, yeah, I really don't think this person did it. You know, I know that you know, and we have got circumstantial evidence. It could go either way, but I've got to present. You know, the present the case as though they did it and never waver. Yeah, yeah. Even though I think that you know they're probably not, um, and then hope that the defense comes up with a really good way of proving me wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> as a defense attorney, I have to defend this person, but sometimes I have to defend a person who I'm pretty sure is guilty. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to win a case for someone like that. So <laughs> yeah, I fucked his goat. Yeah. <laughs> She's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> You can have her back, but she's got super syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that that that's the thing that, that oh, I don't really know which one I want to do. Like, it'd be great if I could be like like a Perry Mason type or like a Matlock or whatever. Where every everyone that that everyone I defend you, is innocent. Everyone you defend, so like Phoenix Wright, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, Matlock. <laughs> I'm gonna wear this red suit and white suit, Barney. <laughs> now, Your Honor, Your Honor, I've known Barney Fire for a long time, and I'm just gonna tell you right now that I don't think Mr. Voorhees killed him. 
Oh, God, we're bringing it full circle. We are, man. <laughs> we're making all kinds of connections here. So, folks, if you Sorry, I'm not anything... home right now. I'm walking in the spider web. <laughs> folks, if you hear any jokes of ours that you just don't get, it's like, what's the deal? It's somewhere in our backlog of podcasts. Just, like, listen to our previous episodes and you'll stumble across it. <laughs> we can put in an editor's note, like, this joke refers back to <laughs> to our fan theories. We're at the end of it. Well, no, I guess it's going to be the mini episode, isn't it? Yeah. yeah the Jason we'll mini episode. The full mini episode. Yeah, where Jason starts, stops traveling in time and just starts traveling through channels. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to primetime, bitch. <laughs> that's right. that's, oh, my goodness. That sounds, that's going to be so much fun. That's well, awesome. Well, just, just, just talking about it was a lot of fun. If you that. think you're doing a bad job on this pitch, don't stop. You're doing great. <laughs> Um, yeah. Arnold, we gotta run! He's like, here's a killer hockey mask! What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, law does interest me, but then, like, the, it, it kind of like the whole, like, police force, military thing of, like, as much as it interests me, I still have to, like, come to grips with, like, being an anarchist. And it's like, you know, what if, what if I'm on a case where, I mean, like, not only, like, Am I prosecuting an innocent person? Am I defending a guilty person? But also, you know, what if this involves me, like, trying to uphold a law that I acknowledge is just total bullshit? You know? No. I was talking to a guy at work about, uh, about, because um, he mentioned, how would you, he was talking about different things, and he said, you know, he thought that certain rules and laws that are kind of being amended and kind of bent or whatever, a lot of th- different things would kind of open things up in a way that would allow other things that, that are just not right to exist. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and he was like, "But how would you how would you defend that when you're saying that we have to accept?" So let's let's just take marijuana for example. You know, we, we yeah. talked about that yesterday yeah, uh, yeah. off mic, and we we're saying that yeah, um, that, you know, legalization of marijuana, something that we both believe in. And I don't have any desire, again, to, to use or whatever, whether it's legal or not legal or whatever. But let's say if you did legalize that across the board for the, for the U.S., that when, where do you draw the line to say, well, like, well, why not legalization of, like, this kind of, just put, put the same restrictions on it. Why not the legalization of, uh, let's say, uh, ecstasy, you know, or right. whatever, you know. I think with marijuana, since it's, you can't OD from it, like, you could smoke marijuana like all day long, but you you you, you can smoke a bowl before you go. <laughs> you can um you you net won't OD from, but you can if you smoke too much or ingest too much at any time, it can cause you some 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 like uh physical or biological uh detriments. Yeah, yeah. but that's like anything. If I if I were to gorge myself on nothing but like you know cream corn mm-hmm. for an entire day, yeah, that's probably gonna mess my stomach up because I'm, right. I'm you know or my body because I'm ingesting too much of one particular thing. Yeah, like you yeah. know, it's like oh, I like to I like oh. to smoke from a corn cob pipe while I'm eating some cream corn <laughs> while I'm doing this or doing that. I um, think I mean like just look at alcohol and it's like you know you can easily die from too much alcohol and. I mean, there's there's a lot of alcohol related crimes and, and, and like I, I I haven't really heard about people doing uh doing weed and like getting violent and like knocking the shit out of their wives and maybe that happens. I'm just saying I'm not really aware of it, but uh, you definitely see that kind of thing with alcohol. So I don't know. Like it's it's all very difficult stuff to reconcile. Pers- like I I think personally, it's just really really tough to bring it all together. So for me, it was a um, 
there was an article I read about this woman. She and they were talking about the marijuana, and and she was it, the whole article is it was such bullshit. I hated. Everybody does it. I get that. Doesn't make it right whether everybody does it or not, but I get that people do it. But when you take something and you want to misconstrue or pervert the facts to tell your story, then your story is bullshit. If you mm-hmm. can't tell it the way it is, right, then then your story has no it has no foundation. It has no meaning. It has no truth to it. In this case, it was like um, they were like you know, people say that you know marijuana is bad and you can't OD from marijuana. But here's a woman who. Um, you know, has, uh, you know, had, uh, um, I'm trying to think what it was. It was, she didn't, oh, she kind of basically OD'd and was like, here are the bad things about marijuana. They don't tell you how it can affect your body. So she went to, and I, I don't remember the whole thing exactly. So I may get parts of this like, um, incorrect, but she went to a restaurant. So she smoked like, you know, two or three times a day. She went to a restaurant and she ate a meal that was infused with marijuana. <laughs> the dessert had marijuana in it, like marijuana oh, wow. brownies. She had like a like a drink or um like a like a uh, wine or whatever that had the the essence of marijuana in it. And then she went home and she smoked some. And it's like then her body ended up building up this like this like uh this like kind of backlash against us. And now whenever she goes to smoke marijuana, she gets sick. She can't smoke it anymore. She can't just marijuana at all because it makes her body sick. It's like that kind of toxified her body. Right. Like, well, no fucking shit. Yeah. You decided to go on a goddamn marijuana binge one night as a fucking moron. Like, what? I, I mean, I, I like, like you know, replace like, the word marijuana with chocolate there, and you're, it would be the same thing. Right. That's like, exactly. If, it. if I ate chocolate till I puked, I wouldn't want to eat chocolate anymore. Period. Right. And my body's gonna be like, I can't take this anymore. You, you just, you overdid it. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm. Then like. And yeah, then they like, "Who's the harmful effects of marijuana?" No, that's the harmful effects of being a gluttony, right, uh, gluttonous, right. like overindulgent idiot. Yep, yep. And it's like, really, did you need it that bad? It's like you had to have it. That's why people, I, I don't get it. Like people, like I love smoking weed, and I'm gonna show it by wearing this weed shirt, and I got a weed <laughs> tattoo, and I got some weed shoes. Gerard, did you know he had weed on the inside of his jacket? Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't get this. Like, okay, you like it, but I mean, should I like comic books? But you don't see me like I wear a t-shirt. But not mm-hmm. everything about what I do, I've got to be like. And this is what I do. Right, you know? yeah. I love to breathe air, but you don't see me. <laughs> I do have an air tattoo on my arm. You just can't see it because it's, it's, it's lifelike. It's made of air, yeah. Yeah, right. So, but I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like they take it too far. And this bitch took it too far. And now she's all fucked up inside. And now she can't do the things she liked to do. But that's what that's what overindulging is. That's why they tell you everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is okay for you in moderation. Even like shooting heroin is okay in moderation. Right. It's just that most people once you start doing it, you can't do it in moderation. Yeah, yeah. It's so just, it's hard to limit yourself. But I mean, like water is the healthiest thing in the world for you, and you know you can have water toxicity from drinking too much. Well, there was that article I read um, in in Playboy, and uh, where these people. Um, they uh they od that's not od is not the word i'm looking for but they they drown so it's not drown anyway um so there's, there's been a couple instances one was the like there was a the thing where the uh they had the, the contest for it was a like a Wii or something where the people had to like like touch a car or hold on to this object or whatever yeah and like the person who could hold on to it for the longest one and the woman didn't go to the bathroom and she and basically she um she she drowned in water because her body was so saturated with it she wasn't releasing it that it they couldn't go anywhere and it it killed her 
<sighs> and and they and the the two DJs who did the contest they they got fired and I'm like okay I get that they got fired but you didn't have to have this product it wasn't it wasn't penicillin it wasn't like oh here's some insulin for you so whoever can hold on to sing the longest gets the insulin shot and you'll live right you could have walked away at any moment mm-hmm. that was your choice to do something that stupid and I'm sorry that she died in the same way I'm sorry that anybody I don't know dies and will never meet right, right. so which means that very little it's just it's it was an incident that happened and it's kind of your own fault but it's still sad that someone you know did lose their life but I'm right. not gonna lose any sleepover and I'm not gonna shed any tears right. right? Again, not to put that person down, but again, it's, there's millions of people that die every day. I can't cry for every one of them. Right, and, right. And, you know, so, but she could have walked away at any moment, but she chose not to. Yeah. And then she died and these guys lost their jobs because of it. But then they didn't tell her to keep holding on and don't walk away. She tried to walk away and they're like, no, you can't. You enter yeah, the contest. Yeah. That's different. I don't really think they need to lose their jobs. Or, Is it stupid? Yeah, but people didn't know. I didn't know that you could, that you could like uh, basically overdose on water. Mm-hmm. So the story, the story in the Playboy article goes on about these, uh, these, uh, this hazing ritual, <laughs> and, the, and the guys that were, you know, they did time, they were charged with murder and stuff, including the friend to one of the guys, and they were roommates, and they were friends, and he took part, not di- like kind of indirectly, but none of them knew because they're like, well, you can't do the whole thing where like you guys got to drink all this alcohol or whatever, because yeah, we don't want them to you know to suffer you know like alcohol poisoning, but you can have water poisoning. Mm-hmm. And what happened was they were, they made them drink like gallons of water and they weren't allowed to go pee or whatever. And the same thing is like their body, they couldn't release that and, they, and their body couldn't sweat it out enough. And they had to like stay down there and they would make them drink like a gallon, like every hour or something. And they, and all this whole hazing ritual. And they're thinking it's okay because it's water, mm-hmm. but they weren't realizing that they were just overloading that person's body with water and, they, and their body couldn't expel the water fast enough. And if you threw up or if you peed or whatever, then, then you failed. And so they were, their bodies would try to sweat out, and in the end, they died because of that. And they were like, "But well, we didn't know. We didn't know that it, it makes sense, but we didn't know that." Right. And some of the people, were like you know, they're like, eh, "This, I don't, I think we should stop this." And like the guy that was a roommate, he told the guys, "Like, I think we should stop this," but he didn't actively do anything to stop it. Right. So he was kind of charged with like involuntary manslaughter too. But there's some of the people that are like, we think this guy's sick, and they're like, "No, no, you got to stay there." And they kind of forced him to stay into it. They got a higher charge in several years or whatever. But that's the thing. You Like you said, water, you wouldn't think, can hurt you because you right, need right. water. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, it can if you do too much of it. Same thing. If you don't do it in moderation, then that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's that. That's really all I have to say about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so again, I, we've kind of really gone off the mark here. But, but yeah, that, that's the whole thing with, with like, the, even the... um. Know the um, the whole like marijuana thing and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So so yeah. I mean, so like bringing it back around to like doing something to uphold the law or being a lawyer or something. Just like I, I'm not sure how well I could reconcile that. You know, with it, when something that you don't believe in. Yeah, if it's something that like or something that I'm like strongly morally opposed to. I mean, that could just that could be a problem. Of like you know, this guy doesn't need to be punished for this. You know, what I mean, like we we don't live in a state where you have to have like a permit to you know collect rainwater in a barrel or something, but it's like you know that that's a bullshit law, and if it were up to me to you know see to it that somebody got punished for that, it's like no that that's bullshit. That's a bullshit law. Um, I'm sorry, next cut you off, but uh, the whole point of me telling you that whole story, whatever, was to get to the one thing I was saying, trying to say. Oh yeah, which yeah. Was, uh, you know, 
like you said, I'm saying that marijuana would open up the gateway to this. I'm like, well, then how, why would you not say that, you know, oh, let's go ahead and make heroin legal and mm-hmm. then do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, how would you defend against that? If once you open the door and say that this is all okay, and it's like, it's not, it's how you approach your, your case. Yeah. You don't, yeah, it's like, if what you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm going to fight this head on and say, yes, this law, or like you broke this law, or this person didn't break, break this law. Mm-hmm. Then that's a head-on battle. It's you versus like you know a speeding train. Yeah, yeah. But when you when you take your case, you look at the angle, the right angle to approach it at, and you're not going to say that necessarily this person broke the law, right? That this person, um, right, this person uh was convicted of marijuana. Do you then say um, it's not it's not that that they uh, that they were in possession of marijuana? It's like the what's in question here is. Was that theirs? Right. Or, or whatever. You you come at it from a different angle. So now you're not trying to prove that whether or not that law is right or whether they broke that law. What you're doing is you're saying, okay, you're saying that, that this was theirs or that this belonged to them, that they did this. And what I'm trying to say is that they didn't do that at all. And if they didn't do that, then they didn't break the law because because they, they, they didn't actually, like, you know, this person wasn't smoking marijuana. You saw that you saw that in their hand, but mm-hmm. they may have been holding it for somewhere. Or maybe they they saw they were like, oh hey, there's a there's this joint in the ground. You never saw it in your hand. You saw it on the ground. You saw where they, they throw something down, right? Right, right? But you don't know. So now I'm gonna approach it from another angle saying that was never theirs. Right, not that they right. didn't break the law, but they had the right <clears> to do it. And so I'm still defending because I'm not I'm saying it's a bullshit law. They could have been smoking it, but what I'm gonna say is now you prove to me that that was theirs. Yeah. And so I'm just going to approach from different angles. So I'm not defending any of that at all. I'm just coming at it from different angles saying, this is my case right here. Right. You're right. trying to say this is this. And I'm trying to say that this, this, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I think you actually, you think you can, you can still like not have to, not to have to defend that law that you don't believe right. and still work in behalf of your, of your client. Hmm. But you do have to find the right angle and the angle that's going to work for you to be able to, to get them off. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. So, so I, that's say I, I would like to be a trial lawyer. Um, I said either prosecutor or defense. I'm not really quite sure, but you know, I, I think that would be fun. They, they just taking a case and looking at all the facts and just breaking it down. Because mm-hmm. so oftentimes I've looked at something out. Maybe it's a TV show where it's like a, even like a like a documentary or something. I'm like okay, they never looked at this. They never asked questions. If they did, they never showed it. They never asked questions about this. Right. They never asked this person a question about that. They never came at them and said. Hey, you said this, but where's your proof? Where's your evidence? What do you have there to back that up? Or where's this where's this conflict coming from? Right, right. And to me that makes all the difference. And yeah, and maybe sometimes if you you know, when you look at that, um, they don't go that route because that may make your client look more guilty. Right. right. If right. if you if you bring that information up, so it's like they're not gonna bring it up, I'm not gonna bring it up, but you never see that even mentioned. Um, and a lot of times I'm like, well, that seems like a thing that we could, could exonerate this person or at least cast enough doubt on this person's testimony to where it would be inadmissible right? or right. The, the, the jury would, you know, would, would not even consider it. So that's why I think that would be fun for me. Yeah. And then I, and then doing the closing arguments, the closing, closing arguments. arguments would be, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Which um, leads into my, my second one. Yeah. Oh, I guess my third one. Then go. I've, I've heard it said that, um, that like doing lawyer stuff is basically a performance art. Oh yeah. They're like, you're, you're basically like selling yourself to the jury and to the judge. So 
In a lot of ways, I think it would be really interesting. Um, it is it is a form of acting on a bigger, smaller scale. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily bigger or smaller, just like different. I'm not saying bigger because uh, bigger, small because it's smaller as in you're not doing it in front of a wide audience, but it's bigger in the sense that the stakes are higher. Right. Right. Um, let's see, what else, you know? I mean, this is like, it's, it's such a 90s kind of thing, but honestly, I would kind of like to run an arcade. I think that would be a really fun job. That would be a fun job. And you know, this is like, you know, perfect world scenario, like, I'm actually making enough money to live off of with it. And you know, it's certainly nothing that would, like, make you rich, but I love the, I love the idea of, of an arcade. I think arcades would be. I, I'd like to run an old-fashioned arcade. I, I oh, think yeah. that's that's something that's really missing. Like people that that whole interactive experience where with a game, you know, just there's like a coin. I mean, you're not going to get any new art, new games, but like the old games that you, you can just sit there and just play forever would just be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, being able to like actually have the kind of place where you can have like a Street Fighter Two tournament. Oh yeah. That would be, you know, that would be awesome. And, like, you know, air hockey, like, get some, like, decent pinball machines. That would, that would be really fun. I would love to run a place like that. I mean, imagine this. Imagine if there was a, like, you're not running it, but there's a place here. Um, and we can go there and you, me, you know, a couple other people. You know, it could be a, a analog aperture. here. We go there and... You know, without, you know, I don't know, uh, freaking, uh, like, loaded cards we can swipe or a pocket full of quarters. And there's the the X-Men, like, side-scroller game. There's the Simpsons side-scroller. Mm-hmm. There's Turtles, right? there For for us to go in there and just, and you'll go in there, but, like, we're going to play each one of these oh, yeah. all the way through. All the way through. Right. And, like, shit, like, Metal, Metal Slug X. Yeah. Um... Some of those old Ninja like, Baseball Batman. Oh, yeah. If we could Ninja get Baseball that. Batman. If we could get Ninja Baseball Batman and get a DDR dance cabinet, that would be the shit. All right, so check this out. Um, there's what I want for Christmas. I, you know, my list is a. Um, they have a. You know the, the those new those new little arcade things that come out. The arcade games things with little miniature rides. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like they're not full size, but you got to put them together or whatever. Yeah. So they have one, and it's a it's a tabletop one that you would see at like Pizza Hut and stuff. Oh, nice! And it's got Miss Pac Man, Pac Man, Miss Pac Man, Galaga, and something else. And I was like, oh my god, I want that! It's like four hundred fifty bucks. Wow! And which I think it's for like four ninety nine, but a lot of places have them, so you can get it for four fifty, right? So I'm like, okay, it's got eight games in it too. I'm like, yes, that would be awesome. Uh, I can't see myself playing it all the time, but it just I always love seeing that. You would go to like Pizza Hut, there would be that one. That would just be sitting there, have like an ashtray sitting on it or whatever, and, yeah, and the yeah. plastic would be burned from like a cigarette. But just that <laughs> that flat thing is that it was always so cool. That would be cool. But they have another one at Sam's Club. They have that one. They have another one there, and it's a stand up arcade, and uh, and it's loaded just like a um, multicade. It's it's kind of like the multicade. Uh, I was gonna say it's, it's more like the emulator. Oh yeah. But it's got um, it's got some arcade games on there, but mainly it's got Atari. ColecoVision, oh, nice. Intellivision, and I'm like, yeah, but those all like one bit games or whatever, because <laughs> I mean they're they're really blocky. They're really but, bad. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, that would be fun, but that would be I'm not gonna pay five hundred dollars for novelty, right? Because right. that would wear off real quick. Oh yeah. If it was like the multi-cade, like what we played, like um uh, Donkey Kong um three on, mm-hmm. 
then that's different. That, yeah, that multicade, yeah. I would, because uh, eventually I would get around to playing like Sinistar or Crystal Caverns or some of those other games. That God, I, like, I forgot about Sinistar. Oh man, what a good game! And I would, I would just, I'll be, I'd be the shit playing some, uh, some Dyrus again, man. Oh yeah. Oh God, I'm just getting so excited. I want to play Sinistar on like a really good, yeah, a really good sound system with the bass cranked all the way up. So that when he, like... So you just want to scare shit out of yourself. Yeah, when he speaks his dialogue, just like, the house rumbles, just beware, I live. It'd be so awesome. Yeah. God, so that, that's one I would love. And, and you know, someone told me, like, you know, you can build your own little arcade cabinet. They were like, I know a guy that does woodworking, so he can make you the thing. All you need is a flat screen TV and an emulator. Hmm, nice. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. I yeah, could. just like a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, and, um, and I've got the emulator. Um, all I need to do is just put the flat screen TV in it. And then just hook it up there and then just run it that way. It's yeah. easy enough. I'm like, yeah, it will cost me. It will probably cost me just as much to make one yeah. as it would be to buy one. But I could make mine full size. Yeah. And, you and then with the emulator. Exactly what you want with it. Right. And with the emulator, I can have any of the games. Like the emulator I currently have, I can have any of the games I want in there. So <laughs> it was like, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. You know, um, um, Macabre, uh Grace, her brother-in-law. At his job, he actually set up a Raspberry Pi into an arcade cabinet, and they would play Smash Brothers on that. See, that's cool. So, yeah, they had, like, Smash Brothers on a full arcade cabinet. I would be so into that. But see, if I did that, though, I would want to do a four-player one. I'd want a four-player cabinet because oh, totally. it, my emulator does have the um, X, the Turtles game on there. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, you know, when we tried to play, because we didn't have the, the four connectors, yeah. we were forced to play, like, Leonardo and, like, yeah, Don yeah. or something, you know? So, yeah, we, we don't get stuck with to... Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't get a chance to really pick the people we want to pick. Um, but then, like I said, then I could have more people come over and play that, and it just would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but, I, I feel like so, a lot of that retro stuff from the 90s, like, there's still a place for it in the world. Yeah, and I, I think you really could run an arcade with, with some of those retro games. And, and then you swap them out. I mean, you just swap them out. Okay, okay well, now we're going to pull this one out for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to get a lot of traction on the very first Mortal Kombat game. You're going to get some. You know, It's going to be one that's going to sit there and you're going to get people that are going to play it. Um, and they're not going to play it as much as, you know... Some of the other ones, but you are yeah. going to get those people that are going to be, yep. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to get those people who come in with like, this was my jam in the 80s. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, and that, you, that'll be really cool. And you know what you also have to have? Well, what I would have in my pin, in my, uh, my arcade would be pinball. Oh, some totally. Of the, some of the older pinball games. You know? Totally. Because I remember playing the uh, Lethal Weapon pinball game, <laughs> and that game was so much fun. It had the little LED display that would actually show you little scenes from the movies and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the Super Mario Brothers pinball machine. I don't know that one. It's really cool. Like you, every time you hit certain flippers and switches on the pinball table, it like lights up a different part of the board. Like you're in a different stage, so you navigate through the seven stages. And um, in order to clear each stage, you have to knock the pinball into a little slot, and then you start playing on screen. And you're moving Mario on screen and like jumping over pits and goombas. And that's how you, like, clear the stage. It's that's really, cool. It's awesome. It's so cool. So I would definitely get the Mario Brothers uh, pinball machine. See, and I, I think you really could have a um, have a uh, uh, an arcade. Yeah, that that's something I think would be, like, a really, a really big dream for me. Come on, Google. Don't let me down. So. 
So let's see what else. Um, there was a Japanese Nintendo arcade game called Sheriff, and like that was the first like like thing that really utilized the eight directional uh, joystick. So you could aim your gun in eight different directions and like shoot the bad guys, and that's a really really fun arcade game. I think that was tabletop only though. So that one I would have there. Um, Sega Sonic Arcade, you would control that with a tracker ball. I was thinking this one here, uh, Super Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. Super Pac-Man. There was Super a, Pac-Man is a very interesting there game. There was a Pac-Man game I remember playing when I was younger, um, and the bottom half of the game was like a pinball game. So it was, it was like Super Pac-Man, but mm-hmm. the bottom half had like a pinball component to it, I think that's and then Pac-Man it would go back Jr. up. Was that Pac-Man Jr.? I think so. I could be wrong. I'm going to look it up real quick. I could be wrong about that, but I, I think that's Pac-Man Jr. And, and that, I remember that being an awesome game. It might have been Pac-Man, uh, Baby Pack. I'm looking up here. Uh, Robotron. Robotron's oh, really good. You could have um, uh, Space Ace mm-hmm. and and uh, Dragon's Lair the way they oh, were. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, not looking like it's um, Pac-Man Jr. Okay. It might have been Baby Pack. Baby or Pack and Pal, possibly. Pack and Pell? Yeah. I think I was just thinking. Oh, wait. I uh, see. Maybe it's Baby Pac Man Arcade. Because I see his picture here. Yeah, I think this is it. <laughs> I knew it had to be one of those two. Yeah, I think it's it. Yeah, it's got it's got the uh, the pinball component at the bottom of it. I think this was it. That was that was kind of cool to play. It was it was it was kind of hard because you'd be playing and then all of a sudden like the pinball portion would start at the bottom. Like oh hey now I gotta go do this and you knock it back up there and like now we're back up to here again. But yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I would be all about. Uh, I'd be all about running yeah. an arcade. Yeah, man. Tell me that wouldn't be fun to put that in there. Yeah, that would be tight. Simpsons arcade game that you got me wanting to play that now. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's a really fun one. Yeah, so it was uh there was one that we used to play, and it was uh it was like a Neo Geo um game, and you could like play like a less solid. It was like a bunch of the old Neo Geo. Oh yeah, Neo Geo was like the original multicade. Yeah, and it was cool, and you could play like Samurai Showdown and. <laughs> uh, the one that was at the gas station in my hometown for years was uh. Metal Slug X, um, Capcom versus SNK, uh, like FIFA Soccer '98 or some shit like that, and uh, some like random fighting game that was like nowhere near as popular. I used to play. Was it World Heroes? I think I used to play. Oh yeah, World Heroes. Wait, I could play Rasputin. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I liked it. I liked that game a lot. That was fun. Yeah. I mean, the mechanics on it were really kind of bad, but it was uh, it was cool to play. Right. So my next job, so we kind of really kind of went, went off there. Yeah, where we okay. at? Um, yeah, uh, fifty five minutes. So this will probably be the last job we discuss. You think so? I think yeah. so. Yeah. All right. So we're supposed to be running these episodes a little bit short, but that's okay because um, these are really good episodes. Hostage negotiator. Ah, okay. Hostage negotiator. I, I, I not, not that would be fun because you know if, if you if you fuck up, like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> but I, 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 I would, I like that idea of, uh, 
of, you know, trying to, you know, trying to just convince someone to, you know, to, to, to not do what they want to do and like, okay, let's talk this through, you know, and just you, you use those, those soft skills and that, that kind of just, it's, it, it's like will against will. And, right, you right. Know, and I, I just, I, I just think that would be, that'd be kind of, uh, kind of ex- and exciting is the wrong word, but, um, it'd be very intense. Yes. And very thrilling. Yeah, thrilling. Thank you. It'd be yeah, very thrilling. Yeah. It, it would be it would be a lot of tension, and of course, if things didn't go your way, then um, then that that would be bad. But you know, but yeah, I, I think that that would be something that would be of great interest to me. Would be a hostage negotiator. Yeah. Um, if I weren't limited by like time and space, uh, I would actually really like to be Doctor uh, Manhattan. <laughs> I'd like to be a comic strip artist from like the same time period or like early nineteen fifties. Early 1950s was where it was at for comic strips. Because um, you had guys like Stan Drake and Alex Raymond. And uh, that was when, like, Gil Kane was getting a start. Um, Victor Gould was just, like, just beginning to, like, cut his teeth as an artist. But uh, but I say that instead of, like, you know, doing, like, the comic thing now, like, the indie comic artist. Like, as a comic strip artist back then, you were a celebrity. These guys were, like, big deals. They would get, like, magazine interviews, all kinds of stuff. And they got paid, like, top dollar. So I think that would be pretty interesting if, if like, I could do, like, time travel. Well, in that case, then I would go back and I would be, I would I'd be like, hey, oi, I know, like, hiring a 13-year-old to write comic books for you. But you know what was, what is, what's even more, like, like interesting? <laughs> a black guy. <laughs> Get lost, Jim Shooter. I'm taking over. <laughs> oh yeah but yeah so no I, I think uh, I think that was uh, some pretty interesting possibilities yeah so it's, I, I thought it would be like I said if you know if there were no limitations or whatever like what would you want to do what would you want to be and I yeah. was like yeah um, I can't believe you well I shouldn't say I can't believe you saw through me it's not like I was just like I can't believe you just like you I know Turk. I know you. <laughs> Bam, that's what it is. <laughs> I know you way too well. I will throw out one that, um, just because, like, the prequel trilogy came out, like, right for people in my age group. Like, I was just, like, I was the target demographic at that time. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be a bounty hunter so bad because of Django Fett. Hmm. And, like, that, like realizing that there were like real bounty hunters here on earth was like such a thrill until I realized that it was actually like really boring. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not flying around on a jet pack, like shooting missiles at guys. So, you know, what I think it's interesting. Neither one of us said vigilante. Hmm. Well, you can't really make a living off of that either though. But you have some superhero vigilantes that operate in different places. There is that yeah. Phoenix Jones. He was the guy who got brought to court. Yeah. I was, I was, that's who I was thinking of. I remember back in the 80s, there used to be these guys, and I think we talked about this on another show, there used to be these guys, um, they were, uh, oh, hold on, what, they, what were they called? Um, uh, angels, what were they? Something angels. Uh, crap. I think I know what you're talking about. Were they the Midnight Angels? No, 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 no. Um, crap, what the hell were those guys called? Um, shit, there was something angels. Um. Uh, not like street angels or whatever, but Charlie's yeah. angels. No, no, hell's no. angels. No, 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 not no. 
Um, uh, crap, I, I, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on them. It sounds really familiar. Um, but anyway, they would, they would patrol, like, in New York. They would, like, ride the subway and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they wore, like, red shirts and these, uh, uh, red berets. And... And they were kind of like like vigilantes of sorts, but they were just they were just kind of like these like you know peacekeepers. But yeah. you know this, but the the law has that whole thing. You like you know you can make citizens arrest and stuff like that, and uh, and that's what they would that's what they would kind of do. They weren't they weren't out trying to fight crime, but they would just kind of walk around and just you know make sure if, if something was going on, they saw it and they would report it to try to stop things from being from happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now you know, I don't know what exactly caused that to stop. Um, I'm sure probably. The lawsuits and things and blah blah, especially after the whole Bernard Getz thing in New York, where I, I probably brought a lot of that to to a halt. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah, I think it, I mean that that kind of stuff has always existed. But neither one of us, as much as we love comics and this and that, <laughs> did either one of us be like, hey, why not vigilante? Yeah, that's true. Hmm, would I ever want to be a vigilante? Yeah, I think under the right circumstances, that that could be, that could be pretty interesting. The problem is the way my brain is wired. I know that I'm like one case going wrong away from becoming Rorschach. Yeah, that's true. And like it's it's gonna like shift from like yeah I'm this like misguided Casey Jones type guy to like holy shit that kid died and I couldn't prevent it. I'm gonna fucking kill every criminal on the planet. <laughs> I'm gonna beat him to death with my bare fists. Yeah, I can see that happening. So yeah, yeah, then, I don't, I don't think my brain would go super well with that. And then I'd be the Pat Garrett to your Billy the Kid. <laughs> I'm like, Turk, we know that you can hunt him down. I'm like, <laughs> I'll do your job, <laughs> not because you asked me to, because I don't trust it to anybody else, right. and I know this is how he wanted to be. If he has to be brought down. Has to be by me. <laughs> and then two weeks later, it's like we're working together, motherfucker. <laughs> like, oh shit! <laughs> Which I hired him as my hitman. <laughs> yeah, and then after I kill people, and I'd be like, my catchers would be like, "Bet you didn't see that coming." <laughs> Which is really horrible because they'd be dead, so that it'd be kind of wasted to be like, "Bitch, you see that coming? Who are you talking to? Shut up!" <laughs> we need to make a movie of that. I become a vigilante and like take things way too far, and they hire you to stop me. And I'm like, "Wait, I want to hire you as a hitman to kill the people who hired you to stop me." And you pause. And it's like that's a really good idea. So, which one of us is really the bad guy? They're not doing their job to clean up the cities. I am. And now they want you to stop me because, I, because you know, from exposing them, they're not doing their job. That's not going to make them do their job more. There's just going to be crime out there. Can you live with that? Can you live with that crime being out there? Or do you want to help me do what's right to keep these people safe? Look at those kids over there in a playground. You know why they're laughing and smiling? Because they can. They, they're laughing, they're smiling, they're having fun because they don't have to worry about the things that exist in the dark. Because things that exist in the dark have to worry about us. <laughs> now, what do you want? You want those kids to be at home crying because they can't play in the park? Or do you want those smiling faces there? <laughs> and I'd be like, 
Dude, you had me at hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd get a badass tattoo sleeve like Hawkeye. (sighs) And I wouldn't. (laughs) You know, like, why not get something really distinctive so that people can recognize you and identify you from miles away? Because that's a smart way to be a vigilante. You know what I would wear? Hmm. Hockey pads. I think I would, like, wear one of those, like, realistic horse masks. But it would actually be, like, the unicorn version. Now when I beat the shit out of the criminals, I could just be like, nobody will believe you. Those peanut butter guy in a unicorn mask. <laughs> they wind up tied up outside of the police station. The cops are like, okay, what's your story? He's like, the unicorn jumped on me. He started punching me. <laughs> he said you wouldn't believe me. He said you wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I think if, if I was if I was going to be a vigilante, right, my costume would be I'd, I'd, like, I'd wear a dress and carry a purse. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> because cause after you did that, be like, now, I want you to tell your friends, you got beat up by a man in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> he was like 10 feet tall. He, he, like, he, he had like trapezius muscles. And Damn, granddad. <laughs> you make me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing like beating the masculinity out of a man and then beating the masculinity out of a man. <laughs> like, yeah. And I want all your friends to tell you, you got beat by a guy in a dress. <laughs> and, then, and after you do that, you like hike up your, your fake boobs and kind of <laughs> toss your hair back and, and then walk out. Nice try, Buster. <laughs> you almost made me smudge my lipstick. <laughs> I fully support this. This is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you'll really think twice about it. <laughs> like, damn. It's, it's like, yeah, I mean, what are the chances I'm going to run into him again? You know, you know, probably pretty slim, but but and then the, I think the thing that really would, not that that alone would stop anybody from committing a crime, is when they saw somebody else that was beating a shit and they would look at each other and it would be like the anti-fight club moment where, where it's like, you know, oh, you're in fight club too. We're not going to talk about it. It'd be like, oh, you got beat up by a cross-dressing dude, didn't you? And, like, and, and you both knew and you both look at each other and in your mind, you're like, he knows. It's <laughs> like this episode of Drake and Josh where like school bullies take Josh's locker. And so he's like, you know, I'm just going to go talk to him. I'm just going to oh, tell shit, him. Shit, shit, shit. Sorry. It's okay. But yeah, so Josh is like, uh, you know, I'm just going to go talk to him. I'm just going to ask him to give me my locker back. And this kid like shuffles by in like one of those full upper body cast and neck braces like the bartender had in Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, Ricky, Josh is going to ask for his locker back just like you did. And he goes, it's <laughs> <laughs> so great. It's <laughs> so great. Oh, God. Uh so yeah, so I, I I do like the fact that we 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 I think without even saying anything we identify why vigilantism would vigilantism would not work for us <laughs> right and we're just like no <laughs> but it's it's weird that I'm like I want to try cases and you know like you know either put people in jail or or keep people out of jail but fighting crime on a street level I would go too far yeah <laughs> but, but in this area here I would be within the confines of the law pretty much <laughs> 
so so I just want to make sure I have this this pattern here. My dream job would be as a contract killer to be paid to kill people. Some of those people are bad. Some of those people are just people that are standing in the way of, of my company, like doing stuff. Which, nah, that, that that's a conscious wrestle, right? Or I want to defend good people or people that I believe are good people, one way or the other, by by putting the bad people in in, in prison, right? Or by keeping the good people out of prison. But I wouldn't want to be a street level vigilante because <laughs> you could go too far, right? Because I could go too far. But I don't have a problem being a contract killer. So you're, or or I want to be a hostage negotiator to save lives from someone that snapped. Wow, I am just all over the map. You're chaotic neutral. I am. I am you, a textbook psychopath. You are chaotic neutral. That's exactly it. I couldn't place it for years. For all the time I've known you, I couldn't place your alignment. But you're chaotic neutral. That's the only thing that makes sense. There you have it, folks. Wow. <laughs> I am neutral to a fault. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Most of the characters I play are chaotic neutral. It's a lot of fun. I think in real life I'm true neutral. Maybe neutral good. I don't know. I, I don't like. I don't like a neutral good's okay. I pirate an awful lot of software for somebody to be neutral good. <laughs> I do not like chaotic good. Chaotic good people piss me off. Uh, some of my more fun characters have been chaotic good. But... We have to see those people. No, we have to. Then you'll do it alone. And it's like, but I can't do it alone. You need to help me. No, I don't. <laughs> That's your thing. <laughs> See, like, my last chaotic good character was a barbarian. He never asked the other party to get involved. It was just like, oh, I'm going to stop this thing. <laughs> and that's how we killed a CR-12 monster when we were level three. Because <laughs> everybody else was running away. I was like, he's going to kill it. <laughs> the DM was like, it's level 12. You're you're level three. I'm like, no, he's he's mad. So it hits him, and he's like, okay, it's going to kill you within the next two turns. I'm like, yeah, but he's still got two-thirds of his hit points left. That's not enough to make him run away. <laughs> it just kept going until he dropped it. <laughs> and then you then you raged, and... That was pretty much it, yeah. Like, after the second round, he raged, which gave him all those extra hit points. And yeah, we talked about that for a while. Like, yes, our party of level three, like, player's handbook only rules characters killed a CR-12 sandworm. <laughs> Good mm. stuff. Oh, all right. But yeah, so there there you have it, folks. Though There are uh, some of our dream jobs. Yeah, so, uh, well, I, I guess that uh, can't really said a lot about me and where <laughs> I go. But I, I, I think most people like, already see that, like, there's the, there's the, you know, the shit that just flies out of my mouth. They're like, oh my goodness, this guy's... <laughs> and then there's the things that I restrain myself. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, even though I've said something similar to it, I'm not going to. So you see the struggle within me. I'm like the end of the old Incredible Hulk TV series, you know? Like, there's that, 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 that thing slides. I was like, here's me and then here's evil me. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Until he can control the beast that rages within. That's me. And I'm basically just Johnny Sacco to your giant robot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now hit him with your rocket punch. <laughs> Whenever you want something like really horrible being said, you're like, <laughs> it's like, Giant Turk 182, say something horrible. <laughs> Physical swimming. <You're> like, <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Giant Turk 182. Now say something sexist. <laughs> oh, tits aren't that good. <laughs> Flapjacks, really. Yeah, I really, I really like the term sugar tits. Yeah. <laughs> now some, some just off-right offensive. It's like, Professor Xavier, is he smart or is he like me? <laughs> Good job, Turk 182. 
Oh, I'm so glad you admitted on, on, on Mike that you're responsible for all my bad doings. 100%. <laughs> it should be obvious to anybody who listens to us really objectively. I'm always the one going, dude, say it. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> I'll fully take credit for the fact that Jason Goes Swimming is like completely on me. <laughs> Because you just kept pestering me over and over again with that. <laughs> so I was finally like, can I talk about it? And then just edit it out. And then at the end of it, I was like, yeah, I'm not editing this out. <laughs> you never do. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, but yeah, there, there you go, folks. You've learned yet more horrible things about us. I think what's going to happen is people are going to get used to our strong finishes and they're just going to jump to like, where, where are we at the, like the three quarter mark? And we're just going to go right to there in the podcast. Everything else before, that's just superfluous bullshit. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <sighs> but yeah, so uh, thanks for giving us a listen, ladies and gents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How's that for a strong finish? <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is why I do what I do. Yeah, totally. Yep. And, and and I'm I'm happy for the most part. I'm content doing what I do. So yeah. I don't I don't feel the need to just, you know, randomly kill executives, you know, or you know, people that stand in their way or, or whatever. Could be fun. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm okay with not doing that. We should start Fight Club. We should. You know, the only thing I don't why I don't like about that is, you know, I don't really want the bruises and the and the and the, the uh the knocked out teeth. That's the that's the main thing. That and the broken nose. I don't want a broken nose. The broken nose would look bad because um, they never sets right, and then you sometimes get that 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 uh, that mark across the bridge of your yeah, nose that shows yeah. it's been broken, and sometimes it causes like the nose to swell. And, and yeah, that I, I don't want. But you know, Brad Pitt kind of made that like chipped tooth look kind of cool. He's Brad Pitt. I am not Brad Pitt. <laughs> if I get a chipped tooth, I look like Tyrone Biggums. So you're yeah. saying I've got to have like. This absolutely perfect body with like V-cut abs in order to make a chipped tooth look good. Okay, remember how Jim Carrey removed his chipped tooth for Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> yeah, but to swing that the opposite direction, it's Jim Carrey, okay? I'm just saying, though. Did he honestly look that much better without the chipped tooth? He didn't look like Dumb and Dumber, though. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd, be, you'd be surprised how much difference just just chipping that tooth <laughs> makes between like he's just he had, had bad taste and haircuts to be like, oh, he's a moron. <laughs> it was really good. So, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, Brad Pitt with the chipped tooth, he just looked like a scrapper. He still looked like Brad Pitt, especially you know with the fur coat on oh, and the God, glasses yeah. and the chipped tooth. You don't even notice that. Yeah. And you take that same outfit and you put it on Jim Carrey. You know, it's like, what the fuck is this freak? Hey, Burning Man's next year. You missed it. <laughs> oh, good stuff. But yeah, okay. Well, anyway, we will catch you folks later. Thanks for giving us a listen. All right. And uh, yeah, be thankful for the jobs we have. Instead of the jobs we wish we really had. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>